Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. So we are in Colossians chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to jump there in a moment, or your Bible app. And if you don't, we're going we're gonna to put it on the screen. I was thinking summertime. My, uh, my wife's dad, uh, who passed about a year ago, uh, a little over, um, had a camp, kind of a cabin in the woods up in uh, New Hampshire. And uh, early on in the years of our marriage and our family, when the kids were, were littler, we, went to, we would go to visit uh, this camp. Though I will confess, we didn't go often. And I have three three distinct memories. I was thinking about this getting ready for messages. I have three distinct memories of the camp. Outhouse. That explains everything, right? Um, loons. And by loons, I don't mean your neighbor. I mean like the bird. They're, they, I mean, they have this haunting... I mean, they're, they're just... They're beautiful. And uh, canoe. Canoes. And honestly, of those three memories, only one of them is good. I like loons. I mean, canoes, they, they, look, they look sort of peaceful, right? They look like, oh, we're going to go for a nice, you know, peaceful, take a picture of it. But have you ever seen people get into a canoe? I mean, they're the most unstable, embarrassing, whoever created these things, right? They have, they have no balance, right? They're just like, they're all over the place. And, you know, they take the kids and they see something and they want to stand up in it. And don't stand up in it. You're going to flip this thing over and you're getting into it. And, you know, if you're like, you know, you're like a tiny person and you weigh like a, a hundred pounds or something. No big deal. The canoe can handle you. But if you're a real size guy, like me, man, it's just, and then you get out there and the winds would pick up on this lake up in New Hampshire and you'd be, you'd be like, you know, rowing in this direction and the winds just, you know, just throwing you all over the place. And I gave up. And honestly, I just found less and less reasons to go to New Hampshire, you know? I can, I told you, I got a little bird app. I can listen to sounds of loons on my bird app. I'm good. I'm good. It turns out that it, it, the stability is really important. It's, it's hard to flourish when your life is unstable. Instability, the, the shakiness, the, the upheaval of life has a tendency to, to diminish our flourishing. And Paul knew this. And, and in chapter 2, he's, he, he's sort of speaking to this. He's writing right into it. And let me, let me read to you the first verses. He says this. He says, I want you to know how much I've agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea. Those were churches in the region and, and for many other believers who have never met personally. In other words, he says, listen, I understand. I, I, I know what, what you're going through and what it's like. And, and then he says, I, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm writing to you to, to give you something and I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's 
mysterious plan, the, the secret, which is Christ himself. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Listen, I, I want you to have complete confidence. I, I want you to have security. I want you to have stability. That's what he's writing here. I, wanna, I want you to be stable. I want you in the middle of all the upheaval that's going on around you. I want you to have some stability. And then he, he, he reveals it. He, he says the stability you need, the secret to this stability is, is Jesus. It turns out Jesus is the answer to everything, right? I mean, Jesus, I mean, I'm giving away the end of the message. In fact, I'm giving away the entire series. What we want, what we want is, is Jesus. He's who we want. He's what we need. And, and that's what Paul is saying here. Like, I, the, the confidence, the stability, the security you need is Jesus. Now, in the coming verses, he's, he's going to unpack that a little bit. He's going he's to speak to the insecurity, the instability, and then he's going to come back and he's going to say, here's how Jesus is our stability. Here's what he says next. In verse 4, he, he says, I'm, I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you. And now he, he sort of gets to the root of the instability. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you. No one will flip you over. You're trying to get in this canoe of following Jesus, and it's all, it's all over the place, and I'm trying to give you some stability so that no one will, will deceive you. No one will cause your instability with well-crafted arguments. For though I'm far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. He says, I want you to have stability, even though there are people around you that are that are trying to flip you over. They're, they're, they're creating an instability. You know, here's what Paul knew. Paul knew, just like we knew, that, that at formative moments in your life, instability can, can ruin everything. It can, it, it can tear your life apart. And so this is, we know this as, as parents. If you're a parent or a grandparent, and even if you're, you're not yet, then you can look at your own child and you know that the most formative years, stability, and this is why parents go out of their way. They do everything they can to provide Provide a stable environment. And sometimes we move from kind of creating, you know, stability to try and create like a, a bubble of perfection and we create new sets of problems. But we understand this. We understand that stability in the life of a young person means everything. So moms and dads, we're just like trying to provide stable routines for our kids, security, safety. We don't want them to worry about mom and dad. We don't want them to worry about who's going to pay the bills and how we're going to pay the bills because these are major factors in their life. We just want them to grow up stable at those most formative years because we know this. We know that when instability comes in at the most formative years, it becomes exponentially harder to overcome. And we all understand that. And that's what Paul understood for people here. But, but here's the reality. No matter how, how good your parents were at creating stability, you know what happened? You left. And you left because they wanted you to leave, right? There was a point where it's like, love ya, time to go. <laughs> that's, that's why God gave us the teenage years, right? It's like, oh, it is time for you to go, right? And, you know, they launch off, and Lex is talking about our seniors, and they're heading off to college. You remember going off to college? And, 
And, and here's the truth. You know, no, no 18-year-old wants to admit this, but it's terrifying. And it's terrifying because all the stability we had in life is now sort of gone. <laughs> it's like, oh, nobody tells me when to go to bed or when to get up. Like, there... You know, what, what, you know I'm, not, I'm no longer asking for permission to, you know, hang out with this friend or hang out with that friend. You know, I'm, and, and, and what happens is there's this, there's this instability, and we go on a journey to find stability. I mean, most of us do. Some, some of us went through a period of time where it's like, whoa, no rules. I love instability. And you just like, until you made a complete wreck of everything, and then you had to go find stability or somebody imposed stability on you, right? They came in, they said, no, 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 no. And then later in life, we, we become a, we get married. There's like no manual for that. And then magically kids appear, like, how did that happen? And then it's like, what do I do with kids? Like they just let you have kids. They're like born. It's like, oh, it's yours. Raise a productive member of society. Oh, right? And, and we're like, and, and now we're, we're, we're craving stability. Like, like, where do I get it? And we find all sorts of sources of stability, right? We, you know, our, our jobs become stability. Our, our spouse becomes stability, right? We're like, listen, I, I, I'm, a, I'm like a rudderless ship. I, I just need some, some direction, some stability. I don't want to go through this journey uh, alone. And uh, the assets, like, I just need, I need some security, some stability, some financial stability in my life. And what we're, we're trying to get, because we know to flourish, we need stability. And that's what Paul knows here. Paul knows, hey, listen, without stability in your life, in your, in your formative Christian years, especially you are not going to flourish. You see, let, let, me, let me just offer a couple of sources of, uh, of, of instability. And I, I, I sat back this week just to kind of think in my own life and in the lives of people I talk to, right? Instability. Here's the first. Criticism. When the right people say the wrong thing, and by right people, I mean the influential people, the person you counted on, the person you, you know, you, 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 you believe in. And by the way, Paul was addressing this. He said, don't let anybody deceive you because in the church, there were these two battling groups and they were both like, they, they had the sides of the canoe and they were shaking it. On, on one side, you had the, the pagan mystics who were saying, nah, this Jesus is, like there's a special mystical knowledge. It's the beginning of Gnosticism, right? We, you just, you gotta, you gotta get what we got and that Jesus thing, that's a good starting point, but it's not a good finishing point. And Paul's like, no, no, no. Don't let anyone deceive you. And on the other side of the canoe were the, the Jewish legalists and they were, they, they were still clinging to Judaism. They're like, Jesus was a Jew and you need to be more Jewish and you need to do all the Jewish things and they're shaking it that way. And what's happening is these believers are caught in the canoe and their things are flopping everywhere and he said don't let anyone deceive you criticism when the right person says the wrong thing the influential person the second thing is cataclysm i grew up baptist so i like alliteration you'll have to go with me here criticism and catalyst 
these, these critical events, upheaval. In fact, we, history tells us that this area, you heard Paul in the first verse reference Laodicea, and so Colossae and Laodicea were in an area that historically has been known for, for earthquakes. In fact, if we have our timing right, it's very, very likely that, that an earthquake just years before had hit Colossae and had leveled most of the homes in the city. And here's what we know that, you know, these upheaval events, these catalytic events, that they tend to they tend to create uncertainty. And you can look at your own life, and you can look at these, you know, cataclysmic events that just like it just blew everything up. In fact, I read years ago, and I went and got a copy of it. Uh, Dartmouth College, some researchers at Dartmouth College noticed a a correlation between. Uh, life change and physical sickness. And so they, they created a life change index. And what they did is they just noticed, they, they identified 44 things and they put them on a list and they, and they assigned values to them. And they you just go down the list and start marking off these life change items. Most of them are negative, but not all of them. Christmas is on the list. Who knew Christmas was such a cataclysmic event? But it lists off all these events. They give numbers to it, and they said, and after research, they created all these. They said, if, you're, if you have uh, a, a total of 300 points in three to six months, there's an 80% chance that you will be seriously ill. That's pretty significant. If you had 150 to 300 points, and you were very like 37% of those people. Let me, let me read to you. So at the very top of the list, no surprise here, death of a spouse. That's worth 100 points. Right under it, divorce, 73 points. This happens, right? I mean, it's upheaval. And, and you can look back at your life and you can say, man, lived through that. Marital separation, 65 points. Jail term, I would guess so. 63 points, right? Personal injury or illness, 53 points. <laughs> Marriage, like you got married. It's right underneath that. It's 50 points. <laughs> Who knew? Still a good thing. I told you not all. It's like marriage and Christmas are on the list, right? You got fired, 47 points. You gain a new family member. Woo! 39 points. That should be higher. Death of a close friend, mortgage over $20,000. This is a little bit dated, right? $20,000 is room and board these days for college. Son or daughter leaving home, 29 points. Change in residence, 20. Change in schools, 20. Change in church activities, who knew? 19. Vacation, just going on vacation. Anybody ever go on vacation and find it was stressful just getting there? That's 13 points. Christmas is approaching, 12 points. You know, I thought when I read through this, I thought, if you just live through COVID, you should go immediately to the ER. <laughs> I mean, just, it's everywhere, right?
cataclysm and criticism. But I, I wanted to add a third. I want, you, I want to tell you right up front, it grammatically doesn't work, but I'm going to do it anyway. In fact, when I turned in my notes to be printed this week, the office came back and said, this doesn't work. I'm like, I'm like go with it, trust me. Here's the third one. Constant. Here's what I mean. Some of you, and I know this because I know me, some of you pride yourself. You're tough. You can handle it. You were going down that list, counting up numbers. Yep, 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 yep. And you're proud because, because you, you pride yourself as one who can handle it. Handle the criticism, handle the words, handle the rejection. Cataclysmic events, got it, got it, went through that, went through that. But here's what I've discovered. If you add one word onto the beginning of those, it breaks the strongest of us. Constant criticism. Constant cataclysm. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've just walked through a season where it's just like one thing after another. In fact, I noticed at the bottom of the life index survey, there's a little, there's a little footnote. It says this. It says, if any of these events has happened more than once, write down the number of times and add it together. Well, that's the reality. Constant. It wears us down. And you may have been good for six months. You pulled it through 2020. 2021 came, and remember, remember New Year's 2021? It was going to be so. It was the, the calendar was turning. Life was going to be good. COVID was behind us. And then 2021. And here we are, 2022. Still figuring it out. So Paul is talking to this group of people in the church at Colossae. And he's telling them, I have something to give you that gives you stability in the midst of all of this upheaval. Here's what he says next. In verse 6, he gets to his point. He says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Then he says it this way. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your, let your roots 
go down, right, to the deepest part. Do you see what he's saying? And in both phrases, he talks about one, the roots going down, and then the other, he talks about our lives being built up. In one place, he's talking about something going down deep to find Jesus. In the next, he's talking about a foundation where our lives are built on Jesus. So one, it's at the root, it's at the foundation, it's at the base, it's at the deepest part of our life. And this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, 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 let Jesus be at the deepest part of your life. Let him anchor your life and he will give you the stability that you need. Let him anchor your life. And you're like, well, what does that mean? How does, how does Jesus in the deepest part of our life, how does he give us stability? Because, because that's what we want to know. We're like, how does this Jesus thing work? Does, does Jesus give us stability by removing criticism? Does Jesus give us stability by removing cataclysm? Does he remove all of the bad stuff and suddenly bring me to a place of, uh, of stability because he's removed all of the negative things in my life and he's brought stability? And the answer is a resounding no. <laughs> if you haven't already discovered it, he doesn't do that. No matter how deeply you follow Jesus, we don't avoid the reality of living in this world. And yet here's Paul saying, Jesus is, he's, he's an anchor, he's the stability for your life. Keep Jesus at the deepest part of your life. Let him anchor you. Maybe anchor is not the perfect word. When I think of anchor, I think of something that like stops me. I want to show you a picture that might illustrate it. Let me put this up here. A friend of me, uh, mine sent me a picture of his boat. It's a pretty boat. I'd seen it before. By the way, interesting fact, that boat is almost 100 years old, maybe 1925. It's a little sailboat. It's actually a, 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 a racing, uh, kind of a racing sailboat. And um, I'd seen it before. I'd seen it at, at dock. He had pointed out, oh, that's my boat over there in the harbor. And, but I'd never seen it out. He was having some work done, and he, he, he sent me a picture. And, and I, for the first time, I saw what was below the water line. I, I saw the deepest part. I saw this, this unusually large keel. That's what they call that thing, a, a keel. That's the extent of my sailboat knowledge right there keel the deepest part and it turns out this this keel has a a powerful function it's why sailboats are better than than canoes the keel right you're not gonna you're not gonna pull this up on the shore but when you're when you're out the keel it's like it, it gives it it gives it depth it, it, it sometimes it weights it down and it it sticks down into the water and it and it keeps the boat it and when when the boat starts leaning I've seen pictures of this this same boat out sailing in a heavy wind and and it's leaned over like this but it's not tipping over and it's flying because because the keel is the keel is drawing it back to center drawing it back to center 
center. In fact, like, like if it's a canoe, the wind is just, you're going anywhere the wind wants you to go. But the, the sailboat, this keel, it's just, it, it's drawing it back. And, and it's even better than that because, because the keel is, it's drawing it back as it's balancing that. It actually allows you to take the wind that wants to blow you in this way and it allows you to leverage the wind and to use it to move you forward, forward, pushing, pushing, pushing you. You're not stopping. It's not, the anchor's not stopping you. It's, it's allowing you to move and it's bringing you back and bringing you back. And this is what Jesus does, right? He's, it's like at the deepest place of our life, he anchors us. He's a keel. He like, it brings us back in the line. And when the, the wind blows hard and we're going over, the keel's there and it brings us back. And the wind blows this way and it brings us back. And at the same time, that wind is blowing. And then instead of, instead of dumping us over, it's moving us forward because we have something in our life that is anchoring us, that is that is Jesus. You see what I'm saying and what Paul is saying here is, listen, it's the deepest part of your life. Jesus. Anchor your life in Jesus. Look to him. Thank him. That's the place. It's the one. And here's what I know about you. And I know it about you because I know it about me. Um, we have uh, substitute keels. We have things in our life that we rely on to, you know, stabilize us, don't we? And that's not wrong. It's not wrong to have these these gifts in our life. Uh, I'm not going to lie. During during Tammy's uh, recent uh, ordeal, like like the, the 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 most upheaval for me was like like she's a she's a stabilizing factor in my life and in the life of our family. Like Lord, what is that? What does that look like if that's not there? Our jobs are stabilizing forces, right? Like, how am I going to pay the bills? And how am I going to provide security to my kids? And, and that, that bank account, that investment account that's not feeling so good this year, right? It's a, it's a, it's a keel. It's like a, a stabilizing factor. And those things aren't bad, but they can't be at the deepest part of our life. And here's what I know. Sometimes in order for Jesus to be at the deepest part of my life, I'm going to have to loosen my hold on those substitute keels. I'm going to have to step back from them a little bit so that he can be at the deepest part of my life. And some of you have found this, and I found it too, is that sometimes God begins to pry those things away from us. He takes away from us the things that we were relying on to stabilize us or he allows for them to be removed or he just uses the absence of those things in my life so that I'll finally have him at the deepest part of my life maybe you're here and the idea of Jesus is, is new or it's, it's, it's fresh and you're unsure of what to do with it. 
And you're unsure because <laughs> these, these other keels, these substitutes, have <laughs> they've worked okay sometimes until they didn't. And when they didn't, it created all kinds of upheaval. And I'm not sure I want to trust anyone. And you're wondering, is Jesus safe? He's better than safe. He's good. He's entirely always good. He has come so that you could have life. <laughs> and here's how he said it. I came so that you could have life and life to the full. And that's why some years later, Paul would say, hey, let your roots go down into Jesus. Start with Jesus at the bottom, lay the keel first, and then build it up from there. Have Jesus at the deepest place of your life. And watch how he brings you a stability that nothing else could do. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed. and Maybe uh, these quiet moments here as we begin to wrap up the service. And maybe you need these moments just for a little bit of a of a recommitment of yourself. Uh, laying a, a new foundation, a new keel, as it were. Going back and just saying, Jesus, I've been so distracted. I just want this moment in this place. I just, I want this moment to not rush by me. I'm committing myself to you. And maybe you're here and you've been kind of on the fence about Jesus. What do I do with him? But maybe in Jesus Christ, you see the picture, the story coming together in your own life and you're ready to say yes to him once and for all as your savior. He came to give you life, life to the full. That journey begins when we say yes to his gift of forgiveness. Lex referred to it as Salvation. I've always thought that was a, a powerful term. But it's not just for young people. It's for all of us. Maybe you're ready to take that step. And if so, I just want to lead you in the quiet of the moment while others are praying their, their own moment with, with God and laying that keel maybe for you, saying yes to Jesus and inviting him into your life. This is your moment. 
So I invite you to pray with me quietly, right where you're at. God hears you. Something like this, dear God, you know me. Everything about me. I can't hide it, and I won't try. I confess every sin, every secret, every struggle to you. And I accept your gift of forgiveness. Jesus Christ, I invite you into my life. Help me now to live my life fully for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 